Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of Crimson and Cream Machine on the SB Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast, so that everybody can find all this great content that we're pumping out for you. But uh, this week, it's back for another edition of Picks Trying Not to Suck. This is uh, the weekly gambling podcast uh, in which my brother, the Skinny, and I uh, give you our five favorite picks of the week against the uh, spread. Oh man, you know, not much. Just uh, you know, having a <laughs> last weekend was rough. Uh, you know, didn't you know? It, it thought there was a good chance they could lose, or a chance they would lose. I I didn't think they would go down in, in that fashion, though. Um, kind of used to OU just kind of pulling out those championship uh, November games, but um, it, not this one. We're gonna look at the top five, our, our five favorites. Uh, we have not talked ahead of time so i have no idea what uh skinny's picking uh skinny does not want to know what i'm picking we are uh so far we're keeping track obviously it's a annual competition uh at this point skinny you went two and three last week that brings you to uh 44 on the season uh 20 and 25 let's see here you hit on ohio state minus 21 and a half and then was it Michigan State minus thirteen? I believe that was the other one. Uh-huh. Um, and then misses yep. uh, UVA Virginia getting five and a half. Penn State plus one. Tennessee plus twenty. Uh, I, on the other hand, went a uh, gaudy five and zero oh last week. I had Pitt minus six and a half. KU plus thirty one. Who won outright? Uh, Wisconsin minus twenty four and a half. Uh, I laid the 21 and a half with Ohio State also, and I took 14 and a half with Washington State, which came in by the hook. So it takes me 5 and 0. I am hitting 65% on the season at 36 and 19. Um, so since I won last week, I'll go ahead and take the honors this week. Uh, my first pick is. Uh, a game that uh, you know obviously uh, has has a lot of interest around Oklahoma. That would be Baylor going to Kansas State. Um, this number's kind of uh, you know flipped around during the week between uh, Baylor minus one and Kansas State plus minus one. I took it at, at uh, KSU plus one. Uh, not sure where it is right now, but these are actually very similar teams. Um, in terms of you know kind of styles of play or or identities uh baylor obviously just had a huge win last week upsetting oklahoma and waco um going on the road this week to manhattan you know i think that uh one thing to keep in mind here is that uh kansas state quarterback skyler thompson you know he's he's the kind of quarterback who really just doesn't make a lot of mistakes i think he's only thrown four interceptions all year 
and uh, you know, Baylor kind of feasted on that last week against Caleb Williams. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Wildcats here straight up. Uh, I'll take the point, obviously, but I've got them winning outright. Oh, okay. Um, I'll go to my first. I'm looking at SMU going to Cincinnati. Um, you know, obviously should be a good matchup here with, with that SMU offense going against Cincy's defense. You know, I just look at Cincy, you know, has not been overwhelming uh, in recent weeks, you know, kind of flat against Tulsa. They, they've just, I mean, obviously it's a good team. They, they've just, they have, you know, they haven't overly been overly impressive. Ten and a half points is a lot. I'll take SMU getting ten and a half going into Cincinnati. Yeah, this is one, I, I looked hard at that one. I feel like if it was under 10, I feel like I'd go with Cincinnati, honestly. Uh, ten and a half to me is a stay away though. So, uh, all right, but that is SMU. I'll write that down. SMU plus ten and a half for your first pick. All right, my second. I've got um, okay. I've got Nebraska plus nine and a half against Wisconsin. A couple things to keep in mind here. Um, one, Nebraska was off last week. Uh, Two, I mean, you know, it's a kind of a, a deal where Nebraska hasn't really been getting blown out by anyone, you know. I mean, they, they play every game close, it seems like. So keeping it within two scores seems doable. And the last thing is to keep in mind that Scott Frost is going to be back next year. So the players, I mean, the ones who are still invested, I mean, they, they're still trying to uh, stay in his good graces as opposed to worrying about who the next coach is going to be. I just see, see there's a lot, a uh, lot here to like about uh, the Huskers. And on top of that, um, you know, that Wisconsin offense is pretty one dimensional. And uh, with the way Nebraska's defense has played this year, I feel like it's a good spot where they can, uh, you know, try to take away the run or at least key on that and make, uh, make Mertz beat them through the air. So I'll go ahead. Give me the nine and a half with the Huskers. Yeah, in, interesting because I'm looking at this game as well. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I when OU played Nebraska, I thought you know this Nebraska team is, is better than I thought, particularly you know on the defensive side of the ball. You know, even at the skill position, I, I don't know, you know, like wide receiver and such. But you know, since then, I, it, it's hard to understand how that isn't translating into more wins, but. Um, you know, I look at this, you know, this is kind of the time of the year where, when the trends start to, you know, play out, I feel like Wisconsin's been high. Uh, I look at them here at that minus nine. I think they cover that number. All right. So you're seeing it. You saw it at nine. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. What did you see that? Uh, nine and a half. That's fine. I'll give it, I'll, we'll do nine. That's fine. Okay. All right, all right. All right. I, I feel so good that I will get, go ahead and, and give you that half point. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is my favorite play of the week. Uh, last week, East Carolina, I believe, got bowl eligible. They And next week, they go on the road uh, with an opportunity to play spoiler against uh, Cincinnati. In between, though, they've got to go travel to Annapolis to take on Navy, uh, a team that, despite the record at two and seven, has played is actually played a really strong strength of schedule this year. And the midshipmen were off last week. East Carolina really doesn't handle the run all that well. I'm going to take the four, and I'll sprinkle a little something on the money line here with the uh, with the midshipmen. Go ahead, give me Navy plus four. 
Oof. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know enough. I, I, I wouldn't even venture to pick that game, but um, I will look at my next game. Um, I've got Georgia tech uh, going into Notre Dame, uh, you know, kind of a similar thing for me this week. You know, I look at, you know, Notre Dame, the way they've been playing. I mean, you know, I mean, Brian Kelly really is a pretty dang good coach. I mean, He's, he's, you know, a, a top five, easily top 10 coach in this game, I think. Um, guys seem playing pretty well. Now, now, granted, you know, it hasn't been against the best competition. Um, but, you know, I think they continue this week. I look at them, you know, obviously it's a pretty big line, 17 <clears throat> coming back home. But I'll take Notre Dame minus 17. Ooh, yeah, that is thick with ND. But at the same time, I mean, uh, that Georgia Tech thing, I mean, you know Jeff Collins there. That's kind of going going seems to be going in a bad direction. You know, so I uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. If I was going to play it, I'd be on that one. That's the way I'd go at least. Um, all right, my fourth Ohio State. Uh, last week we both kind of had the same feeling. <laughs> Everybody was on Purdue as a big as a big underdog. Uh, Ohio State came through for us. I'm going by the kind of uh, uh, similar thinking here with Michigan State. Uh, you know, uh, Ohio State's a 19-point favorite. Um, everybody, though, seems to be talking about Sparty, given uh, how Sparty's played this year. But, you know, just looking at it from my perspective, Ohio State throws the ball so well. Uh, Michigan State really doesn't handle strong passing games all that well. I just... Well, I just don't see a lot here to uh, like about Michigan State on this side. And, you know, obviously Ohio State's uh, playing for style points at, at the moment. So I'll go ahead and lay the 19 with the Buckeyes. I am 100% with you on this one. I, I think this might be my favorite play of the week. You know, you, you look at this, I mean, yeah, Michigan State, it's a nice story. You know, are they much improved this year? Yes. You still look at it. I mean, I mean, you know, really, Michigan was the better team. You know, very clearly when they played Michigan State. Um, you look at this, uh, Ohio State. You know, again, another team playing really well down the stretch. You mentioned the style points. If you look at Ohio State getting, you know, some style points over a top ten team, they're going to take it. I, I look at Ohio State big here. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're in agreement on that one. Uh, Ohio State minus nineteen. Okay. My last one here. Um, things are really bad for Florida International. Um, you know, they've, they're one and nine at the moment. Uh, Butch Davis has officially, officially said that he is, uh, going to be retiring at the end of this season. Um, and, uh, the, he's just a downtrodden team. Uh, they're going up this week against North Texas, which is actually enjoying a little bit of a resurgence there for uh, Seth Luttrell. Uh, they beat UTEP last week. They have won three straight games. Um, I, I realize that probably the, the situational uh, issues here are, are kind of baked into this line, which is at double digits right now. But I'm, I'm, I like the mean green here. I'm going to go ahead and lay the 10. And this is just as much a matter of fading FIU as it is uh, playing on uh, North Texas. Mm, all right. Well, so hopefully for Seth Luttrell, they can uh, pull that one out, right? But. Uh, all right, my last game, going to go to the Big 12. You know, I was looking at this line, like, so you've got Texas coming off of all <laughs> that's happened for Texas in the last month. Uh, going to West Virginia, 
you know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of I me mean, that this line stands out a little bit at three, like maybe given all that's happened with Texas. Like if you kind of take all that out and you just put these teams on the field, okay, yeah. But when you kind of consider where Texas is, uh, three seems a little light. I, I don't know. You know, West Virginia, West Virginia minus three, right? So mm-hmm. then part of me is like, I don't know. Maybe this is the spot where Texas comes in and surprises everybody, right? But I just don't see it. This team's in a bad direction, in a bad spot, <clears throat> coming off what has to have been another long week. I'm going to go ahead and take West Virginia at home minus the three. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that uh, came out this week, you know, I mean, it just sounds like that that whole program there in Texas is in chaos. I mean, you know, it's talking about how they're probably going to have like 30 new players next year. And, uh, you know, the uh, Texas AD, uh, Chris Del Conte, put out a note to, uh, you know, all the fans about, uh, you know, saying they got to support, you know, Sark and then uh, I guess the head of their, you know, board of regents or whatever it is was out at practice yesterday to uh, express his support. It's like, Hey, you, you guys like just you, stop making a big deal about this. Like just get on to next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they just need the season to end. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, really do. Yeah. It's bad, man. It's and then really figure it out from there. Cause it's, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, just to recap here, uh, I had Kansas State plus one, Nebraska plus nine, Navy, I'll take the four, uh, lay the 19 with Ohio State, and I'm also going to go ahead and give 10 with North Texas. You are going to take 10 and a half with SMU. You're going the opposite way of me uh, with Wisconsin minus nine. Uh, you're laying the 17 with Notre Dame. You're also laying the nine with Ohio State and laying a field goal with West Virginia there in Morgantown against the uh, Longhorns. So, um, all right. Well, real quick, let's just talk a little bit about this game for OU this weekend. Um, You know, like I mentioned, uh, the way that the line is trending with the Sooners favored by four uh, doesn't, I mean, it feels like the kind of signal that uh, this is a game that OU is going to (laughs) lose. But I I don't know. I mean, looking at it, I don't I I look back at the uh game against Baylor last week honestly and I don't know you know people I I hate the if if this didn't happen then this didn't happen you know these hypotheticals that people like to talk about but like I don't think people really grasped like the way that the two turnovers happened for OU really put them in a bad spot um the kind of spot that like against a team like Baylor, you really can't afford, you know, because you know, you're giving them good field position or you're kind of squandering an opportunity when you have good field position. And, uh, you know, you can talk about, Oh, well, Baylor ran for 300 yards or whatever. I mean, you know, when you, when you're running the ball 50 times, that's going to happen, you know, especially if you run the ball well, like Baylor did, you know, I, I don't know. The thing that had me concerned going into last week's game was just that, Baylor stopped the run really well, and so that meant that there was going to be a lot on Caleb Williams to, uh, you know, do some damage and playing on the road against a pretty good, like, well, a very good defensive coordinator uh, in Dave Aranda. I mean, it was just a a bad spot, the kind of spot where, you know, you can make those kinds of really tough mistakes that can uh, put the other team, you know, in in a uh, 
get that gives the other team kind of a, a one up and you know maybe I, getting back home this week is going to be what kind of what this team needs yeah i mean i don't know you're right cuz you look at last week and i mean the reality is up until you know midway or late in the fourth quarter i mean ou is right there and, and you kind of just kept thinking as they have Time and again this year and in years past, like you think, okay, they're going to find a way to pull this out, right? Um, you know, and obviously they didn't. Um, and you're right, you know, some things go different. Who knows how much Caleb Williams' hand was impacting him? You know, you knew he'd probably have this kind of game at some point as a freshman starting quarterback, right? Um, but you look at it and just, you know, the inability to run the ball consistently. I mean, it's funny. Because when Lincoln Riley came in, you thought air raid and kind of all these things. But he has to be, I mean, as with most offenses, if he, if he can't run the ball, um, you know, his offense is not going to have the kind of success we, we're used to them having, right? Um, but, but I think this is the best with, you know, the reality with OU. And I feel like I, I felt this way all season and was hoping I was wrong. This team, it, it's hard. I, I think top to bottom, this sounds weird, but top to bottom, this is one of the, you know, kind of better, more talented teams Lincoln Riley's had, except for the fact that there just aren't a lot of different. There aren't many CD lambs on offense. When things are going wrong, you, you know, you can get the ball to, and they're going to make plays for you, right? There's no, there's no Hollywood Brown out there. There's no Mark Andrews. Uh, you know, on defense, there aren't a lot of Ronnie Parks, right? I mean, um, that seems to be the difference. They're just aren't the really talented difference makers on the scene. Yeah, that's an, and that's an, I guess yeah. I just yeah, gets back to my point that this team is just, they're good, but they, they kind of, they are not that good. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in terms of not having another gear. Yeah. I, I see what you mean, but like, I don't know. I, I just, when, when everyone was so down on Rattler, Spencer Rattler early in the season, I mean, I was just kind of looking at it as, you know, he was kind of, OU was just playing the hand that other teams were dealing with him. Like, you can't, you cannot make other teams just play, have a bad game plan against you or, or play the way that, you know, you want them to play. And I, I felt like he had kind of gotten to a spot where he was managing that pretty well. And then, you know, obviously everything happened with um, Texas and, really there i mean it felt like he just kind of was trying to do too much you know what i mean um and the obviously there are the issues also with uh how texas was defending defending ou but then you know when you put williams in i mean he's so talented he throws the ball well i mean he can really rip it he runs well he's i mean he's you know he's confident but I mean, he's only been there so long. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to shrink the playbook. Uh, you know, teams are going to be able to pick up on a lot of that and, and scheme for him that after they see him a few times. Um, you know, and so like you're kind of trading one set of risks with Rattler for just for another one. You know, like it just felt to me like at the end of the day, really, what happened was all this kind of just kind of it just caught up with OU. Now there are ways, obviously this week, like get back on to get back on it. Because if you look at it, I mean, Iowa state and I mean, Oklahoma state, for example, I mean, defensively, they are, they're outstanding. 
But, you know, top to bottom, would you say that Oklahoma State has better players than OU? I mean, would you say that that uh, their offense really worries you that much? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, you're 100% right. I, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, everything OU wants to do is probably still in front of them if they just take care of business. You know, they probably need a little help, right? Um, you know, but you're, it, it, you know, it kind of gets back to what I'm saying. No, do I, does, I mean, OU, OSU obviously playing really well. I mean, is it, you know, if, if you put OU and OSU up against each other, do, would I, you know, do I think OU's got better than a 50-50 shot of winning? Maybe slightly, right? I mean, there's certainly three games, potentially three games out in front of them, you know, that there's no reason why OU can't win. Now, will they win? I, I, I'm skeptical, but you know, I agree with you. Things are things are still in front of them. Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I so much has kind of gone, kind of just not not quite right for this team this year. You know, if uh, from, just from start to finish, and yeah, no, that that's a great way to put it. It's just not quite right, and I, it's hard to explain. Yeah, right. So I guess we'll see, but. Um, you know, do you have a, I mean, do you have a pick for this week? Any thoughts? <clears throat> you know, I, I've kind of told myself I'd swear off to kind of making any prediction about OU this year and, and certainly not picking, picking the Sooners. But I, I kind of feel like if anything happens here, it, it's a nice bounce back at home. You know, obviously we see what's, you know, Iowa State, that, that's a tough loss last weekend. What are they six and, are they six and four now? Yeah. Um, you know, trending in the wrong direction there. I, I kind of see OU bouncing back here and covering that number, but um, I've also sworn off, you know, t- yeah. <laughs> taking OU. So you tell me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of see it going that same way too. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about, you know, coaches catching up to Lincoln Riley, what he's doing on offense. I think there, you know, could be something to that. Uh, but you know, that also kind of may, may go for Iowa state also, <laughs> you know, if you know what I mean, I mean, that's another program that sure. gets a lot of attention and people pay a lot of attention to them and study them pretty, uh, pretty strongly. So, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, I, I think I'll still take OU to win. And if, if I, if you, if you made me, I would take the four or pardon me, I'd lay the four points, but gosh, I don't do it with yeah. any kind of conviction. So, all right, man. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you this week, man. And uh, thanks thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it as always. Yeah. Yep, yep. We'll talk, talk uh, next week. All right. That's the skinny, folks. He joins us every week for uh, picks trying not to suck. Thanks to him for joining us, and thanks to you all for joining us, too. For the Blayton Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.